You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. 12 minutes past 11. So today uh, marks 27 years since the passing of Joe Slovo, who was the country's first housing minister uh, post-1994. He was SACP Secretary General in the early 1990s and also National Executive Committee member uh, of the NC91. Many of our young people may not know uh, a lot about him uh, and the contribution he made to uh, the freedoms that we enjoy today. So uh, we thought it important to talk about his legacy, his contribution, and what he would say at the state of politics in our country today if he was alive. Uh, he also uh, was uh, uh, husband uh, to revolutionary uh, Ruth First. So what can we take from some of the principles uh, that were taught to us uh, by Joe Slovo? To help us navigate this discussion, Dr. Alex Mashilo is the national spokesperson for the SACP. It uh, took me reading... Uh, uh, last night, Dr. Mashilo, to uh, come to terms with the fact that actually uh, Joe Slovo passed one year uh, after he had been uh, appointed minister in the housing department. Sad loss. When you reflect as the SACP, uh, what stands out to you about Joe Slovo? Good morning. Good morning to you and to the listeners. Thank you so much for having us. Joe Slovo, as uh, you will recall from his uh, personal history, came to South Africa at the age of nine from uh, Lithuania with his parents. That was uh, during the period of the world war where there was uh, anti-Semitism in Europe. And when he arrived here at the age of nine, by the age of 15, Joslobo realized that actually the black majority in this country live under colonial conditions. They are oppressed. So in other words, you could not run anywhere in the world. South Africa was characterized by white privilege, racism, sexism, and the super exploitation of those who were oppressed, who did not have any freedoms or rights at all in this regime. Slobo could, like others who did at that time as a white person, have accepted white privilege. But Slobo decided to challenge white privilege, going beyond that by adopting communist principles and joining the World Communist Movement. He was involved in the drafting of um, the meta documents that guided our struggle for liberation and social emancipation. You talk about the Freedom Charter. Uh, although he could not attend uh, the Congress of the People where it was adopted, he nevertheless contributed and uh, because of the restrictions that were imposed by the apartheid regime on his movement he had to watch uh, the congress of the people using binoculars from a rooftop of a nearby house so uh, this is the man who participated in the founding of umkondo and served in its high command together with uh, former president nelson mandela and uh, unfortunately, as you said, he passed away just one year into our democratic dispensation. However, he had laid the foundation that we 
built on uh, regarding housing in our country, including house, social housing. Yeah. It, it also fascinated me uh, uh, to read that he actually uh, is the person who is credited with pers- persuading Nelson Mandela and other resistance leaders in the ANC at the time to suspend their military activities to create uh, the climate for negotiations. We, at the end of everywhere, uh, or many wars, there are negotiations. So we have been through, we, South Africans uh, had been through a long period of war. And, uh, of course, there were arrangements before uh, Slobo returned in 1990 in, in, in South Africa. There were interactions. Comrades like Tabumbeki and others uh, in the liberation movements were involved. But at the end of the day, they understood that negotiations were the way to go. Nelson Mandela himself believed in dialogue. Mm. The only reason that together with Joe Slow, they founded uh, or they participated in the founding of the MK West because the apartheid regime not refused to entertain dialogue. So at a time when it opened itself for dialogue, it was the moment to go to the negotiations and craft uh, the democratic dispensation yeah. framework. Yeah. I mean, so much material that's unknown uh, about Slovo because, you know, as a white man, he was vilified uh, for, uh, you know, uh, for having what uh, some white people in the country called uh, Stalinist and revolutionary ideals. But what a lot of people also don't know is that it was him who, in 1992, even first broached the idea uh, to the NEC of the ANC of uh, Government of National Unity, which was the first government that we had, remember, uh, where uh, former president and Mandela had two deputies, uh, one of them uh, being, uh, you know, the, 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 last, uh, re, uh, the last apartheid president. It was Slovo who brought the idea and, and even went on to uh, encourage a five-year guarantee of job security for powerful and potentially uh, disruptive white people as he deemed them at the time. It was called the Sunset Clause, and key leaders who were involved actually in thinking about it, even before Slobo included Tabumbeki. Mm. What Slobo did, however, is that he was so brave that he, he, he actually opened up the idea for discussion. Mm. So the idea was there before him. So, so he noted that this idea existed. And uh, but it was not coming forward for discussion. What he did is that he stepped forward to bring uh, the idea for discussion. But uh, uh, the idea was uh, already generated by uh, other comrades in the leadership. Yeah. But then again, fascinating is the fact that uh, if I was him, I would have been angry. His wife was killed by a letter bomb. Of course, uh, if I was him, I would have been like you as well. I would have been very, very, very angry. Uh, one thing about uh, revolutionary leaders like Slovo is that uh, they place the interests of the people as a whole above their personal interests. His life, his uh, wife, first wife had already been killed by a letter bomb by the apartheid regime. And Ruth first. She, she, yeah, Ruth first. She was herself a revolutionary and a profound journalist in her own right, and an author for that matter. So Slovo understood that first was uh, killed in the struggle that she herself had chosen 
to bring about uh, democracy in South Africa, to bring an end to apartheid. So continuing that struggle was in the good memory of Rutfest, rather than being angry and uh, behaving in such a way that will prolong the apartheid system. He was active in the Communist Party from uh, around 1942, long time ago. I know he's not here. If you, as somebody who knows his ideals, if he were here today, uh, what one would he say about the SACP uh, today in South Africa, uh, the South African Communist Party? But what also would he be saying about the state of, uh, you know, uh, governance uh, by the ruling party in uh, today's South Africa? One difficulty about talking about Joe Slow is that you are talking about a theoretician, mm. a strategist and a tactician. Mm. So the tactical part of the things, that's what makes things more difficult about talking about Slow and what he would say. Because a tactician is strategically consistent, but appreciates tactical flexibility in order to achieve the overall objective of the strategy. Nevertheless, it, it, we, there is no doubt that Slovo would have been uh, very worried and would have taken action, like, of course, we did. Perhaps we could have done much more better against corruption and state capture. Slovo would have taken action against poor quality in the construction of RGP houses. Slobo would have taken uh, action against those who steal cement and uh, roof sheets instead of constructing the RDP houses. Slobo would have taken action against those who left the RDP houses incomplete while our people want shelter. Slobo will not identify with anything that is reactionary or counter-revolutionary, anything that is counterproductive. He would actually be worried about the decline that the ANC experiences. But as a theoretician and strategist, he would have gone to the root of the matter in order to grasp it, in order to develop the way forward. Because Slobo was not a lamenter. He was a, a way forward oriented leader. Mm. The issue of non-racialism. How much uh, in the forefront was he uh, in pushing the non-racialism agenda, both within uh, the SACP structures and within the ANC structures? Because by the time the ANC governed, right, uh, the culture of non-racialism had been uh, deeply embedded there and and had been for some time, thanks apparently uh, to people like uh, Joe Slovo. Actually, he belonged to the right movement. Oh, no, this line. Oh, no, this line. Uh, There it does it to me again. Uh, We're going to try and uh, get back uh, Dr. Alex Mashilo. Uh, (laughs) This line is not liking me very much today. We were in the throes of a discussion about uh, uh, Joe Slovo and uh, Joe Slovo's ideals because today, this Thursday, marks 27 years uh, since Joe Slovo, uh, who was the country's first housing minister post-1994, passed away. So we had been uh, having a discussion with uh, Dr. Alex Mashilo, the national spokesperson for the SACP. Are you back, Dr. Mashilo? 
I am back. I'm with you. Okay, so you can respond then to that non-racialism uh, question I asked because uh, uh, you got cut off just as you were uh, beginning your response. Just going back, uh, uh, I, I said Slovo belonged to the right movement that built him, but which in turn he contributed in building. <clears throat> it was this communist party that uh, brought about the principle of non-racialism and non-racial organization in South Africa way back in the early 1920s. Mm. Going forward, Slobo was to, as we said earlier, uh, 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 take a stand against white privilege to fight against white privilege. That is part of his contribution. You will know that in 1969, when the ANC convened in Morogoro, we were, uh, as a movement, coming from a background where we had the Colored People's Congress, the Indian People's Congress, the African National Congress, organized as such. The membership of the ANC was not yet open to white people. However, from the beginning, the membership of the NK was open to white people, in terms of which your Slobo uh, served in its high command, as we said. But once the ANC opened its membership, uh, Slobo came in, and he was among the first, in fact, to be elected to its National Executive Committee. Mm. So... So, so that speaks to uh, his contribution, his writings, such as the South African working class and the National Democratic Revolution, theorized the South African situation in a profound way, in a profound way that seeks to foster the development of a non-racial and a non-sexist democratic society. I speak of that non-racialism issue because uh, when when Dudu passed uh, a, a week or so ago, there were a lot of people that really, uh, there is a generation that assumes that he was, uh, uh, you know, in the forefront of leading the non-racialism discussion and or agenda, uh, not knowing that actually it was something that has been, that had been discussed uh, for decades and decades in the ANC and the SACP way before Dudu spoke about it. Indeed, uh, it emerged uh, just after 19, in 1922 from within the community. Remember, there is one thing, structurally. Uh, those who do political science will identify with this, structurally. You cannot fight for socialism. You cannot fight for communism while you affiliate to racialism or racism. Because communism is about, or socialism is about, uh, emancipating the working class regardless of race and gender, regardless of geography, mm. emancipating the working class from capitalist exploitation and its consequences. This is the reason why the Communist Party was the first in South Africa to put forward non-racialism and when others were still organizing according to national groups said that this communist party and this by the way was a condition of acceptance by the communist international in Moscow you could not have a communist party for black people a communist party for white people a communist party for this and that and that you needed a single communist party that unites everybody on a non-racial basis and that rejects oppression and exploitation. This is one structural reason why the Communist Party paved the way in building non-racialism in South Africa and in engaging with the ANC, which came on board and also made its revolutionary contribution in elaborating uh, the non-racialism uh, trajectory.
You know, um, there's a, 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 a lot of people who uh, uh, decry uh, a, a lot of things uh, about uh, corruption. You said to me when uh, we, we sp- began our discussion in your reflections on him, uh, you said he would have a problem, for example, uh, with the degree of, uh, you know, a, a corruption that exists in our country right now. What would was was his feeling on the tripartite alliance and would he uh you know uh n- hearing you say he would have uh, decried the issue of corruption in our country would he have asked for self assertion of uh the south african communist party uh for it to for example even uh go to the polls on its own if you read his uh, the south african working class and the national democratic revolution Global philosophy placed emphasis on building unity. And unity cannot be unity among communists only. Unity must be unity even amongst the masses of our people who, uh, in terms of their development, may not necessarily be communists but may be revolutionary. Mm. He explained class unity looking at State Union Organization as a mass organization, he understood the necessity to organize the people politically in a mass political organization, appreciating that a communist party is a vanguard organization. Its membership principally uh, comprises communists. He appreciated the structural factors that gave rise to the alliance and elaborated. But at the same time, he also appreciated that there are antagonist views, antagonist opinions. He uh, distinguished between reconcilable and irreconcilable antagonism and worked together with other ANC leaders to overcome existing antagonisms within the alliance and ensure that uh, unity prevails. However, he also knew that if we were to achieve socialism, it is the vanguard organization that must win leadership on the ground. And on that basis, he would treat that as a question of strategy and tactics. And you cannot develop strategy and tactics without regard to the conditions. As things stand right now in South Africa, we need maximum unity to triumph. Just look at what state capture did and ask yourself, where was the rest of the South African society? We were there because we were divided. If we were not divided but united, there is no way that state capture could have done the damage it did. So unity is essential, but political independence is also important, exercised correctly. As time moves and as time advances, we don't know what will happen to the alliance, but unity is essential and he would have placed emphasis on it. It can happen uh, that uh, one day things can go in a way that will require the Communist Party to approach the ballot. Even in that instance, Slobo will be against the Communist Party going it alone because this party is not a party for its members and leaders. It is a party of the working class. Every step that it takes must be weak and the, for the working class and the poor. It must act based on mandate. 
It must not act like other political parties that see the electorate as a market. No. But uh, he sat in the NEC of the ANC, and um, the ANC is going to conference at the end of the year. But it's a factioned ANC that is going to conference at the end of the year, uh, listening to you talking about uh, unity and the importance of unity uh, for South Africans. Uh, the ruling party in itself is struggling uh, to find unity in its own ranks. What would his thoughts be? He will go to the material basis, the causes of this factionalism in the movement and say, let us not deal only with the symptoms or the effects. Let us also deal with the causes of the problem. In South Africa post-1994, we saw tenderization of the state rise. Services that should be provided by the state are necessarily placed on tenders to benefit private companies. Organized around competition and infighting for the tenders, transforming that into factions looking for those opportunities. At the same time, this was taking place in the context of persistent high levels of inequality and poverty, where, for example, being a councillor is an opportunity to earn an income in a society ravaged by unemployment. Slobo will take a comprehensive view about the situation and what needs to be done. And I say this uh, you know, painstakingly because we are talking about a tactician here. We are talking about a strategist. We are talking about a complex person, but who, uh, you know, will contribute and say, this is the way forward. And when you adopt tactics, tactics are not permanent. Mm. They are consistent with the situation. As things stand right now, the ANC has achieve success in its organizational renewal and unity. But let us not fool ourselves. There cannot be unity which thieves with corrupt people. Such a unity is unprincipled and it will break down. So action must be taken to deal with thieves and corrupt people and factionalists who are dividing the movement. As factionalism will not bring it, uh, itself to an end. He there was there was some controversy in uh, his uh, portfolio as uh, uh, housing minister. I remember uh, that uh, when uh, the ANC uh, went to the first uh, democratic elections, one of the promises, uh, the campaign promises that were made at the time, were to build a million homes for people in five years. He, meaning Joe uh, Slovo, recognized that building the homes as originally intended or conceived that building the homes, uh, you know, uh, with uh, water, sewer, electricity, uh, and, uh, and, and and all of those rudimentary shelter uh, um, uh, requirements would, uh, according to him, would likely end up bankrupt, bankrupting the state, right? And he gave a, a rather controversial solution at the time, and that controversial solution was uh, instead rather to provide util- utilities to the township, uh, and until more and better government housing could be provided. And at the time, uh, you know, he was being criticized a lot uh, for that. We know ultimately what did happen with the housing issues. What would he say as a communist? Today, when you look at what is happening in our township, take Mamelodi East, for example. 
where people did not receive houses, right? Mm-hmm. What Slovosite is being implemented is, a, is, is, is the program that is going on there. Instead of removing people, provide them with services. Because sometimes you do not have all the resources you need to achieve your programs at a stroke. Mm. Look at what you can do now. Do it right now in response to the needs of the people while you build capacity to complete the entire program. As we have this conversation, uh, Dr. Mashilo, uh, uh, as you and I have uh, this uh, conversation, uh, we have this conversation two or three days after uh, the Zondo Commission gave the president uh, the first or three parts of uh, the state capture report, right? And uh, it's damning. Uh, it's damning against uh, certain people uh, who are high-ranking in, uh, the, um, in the ruling party, the African National Congress. What would Slovo think of, one, the Zondo Commission, and two, what would he want to happen to those people uh, that are, are being recommended uh, in, in, in the report to be charged for uh, the things that they did to the country? Let's go back a little bit. The term state capture was introduced into our national discourse by the SACP characterizing what we called industrial-scale looting. Mm. We were first to put that forward. When we did so, there was opposition. You could go to records, you will see we were being attacked by those who argued that there was no such a thing as state capture in our country. In fact, at one meeting, we were challenged to produce evidence. Do you know what was our response? We said, we need a judicial commission of inquiry, then you will see the evidence. So that's why it was the SACP that first called for this commission of inquiry into state capture, months before even the former public adopted that as a remedial action. Mm. The only difference is that the former public protector proposed or recommended as a remedial action that the chief charities of the Constitutional Court, then Mohueng Mohueng, should be the one to solely identify the judge who was going to head the commission. Before then, all parliamentary parties rejected the call by the SACP for action to be established. Only after that innovation by the former public protector that the Constitutional Court Chief Justice be the one to identify the judge, did the rest follow. Slovo would have commended the SACP and recognized the vanguard leadership we gave on this matter. And as a strategist, Slovo would not have expected the report of the commission to be different from the testimonies that were presented there. Those testimonies were damning. Mm. There was no way that the report cannot be damning. So the report must be consistent with those testimonies. So that is what Slovo would have appreciated. As things stand as the SACP, we would, of course, have preferred a situation where the commission complete its entire report and hands it over. As things stand, the report was completed uh, in part, and part one was given to the president on Tuesday. We commend him 
for his decision to have the report to be released publicly immediately after it was given to him. We are calling on our people to study that report wait for wait and to wait after that for the next part of the report. There will be two parts and to study all those parts so that the way forward we will produce will be comprehensive. For example, as things stand, there are recommendations for this or that to be prosecuted. But that report recognizes that there were multinational corporations that are foreign controlled that aided and benefited from state capture. We cannot have this and that being prosecuted and the others who aided and benefited from state capture not being prosecuted. We are going to overcome this problem if there is consistency, if action is taken across the board, regardless whether you are a Bain or company from the United States or regardless of whether you are KPMG from British Dutch and so on. Yeah. I mean, uh, before, when we were struggling to get hold of you, uh, we opened the lines uh, uh, and asked uh, our callers, our listeners, sorry, uh, to reflect themselves on uh, the life of Joe Slovo. One of the people that called spoke about the capitalism uh, versus uh, socialism uh, discussion. And, uh, you know, being where we are and facing what we are facing as a country. And, of course, a lot of people had a lot of strong views about it. I want to hear your views on that capitalism versus socialism uh, discussion. Firstly, I want to bring to your attention that the reason why you were oppressed, the reason why you suffered under apartheid and there was apartheid, it was because of capitalism and not communism. Capitalism was not born in South Africa. It was imported forcefully and violently. Remember that capitalism first succeeded in England right? And it expanded to become the world system. It did not expand peacefully. It was not endorsed by people who liked it and so forth. Our people here were murdered for the capitalist system to be established. There was colonial, the reason why uh, the black majority who were oppressed do not have land today is because they were dispossessed so that that land can be used in commercial agricultural farming and mining in estates and so forth for capitalist accumulation. The reason why we come from where we are is because of capitalism. Colonialism was a capitalist project. Apartheid was a capitalist project. That's why Slobo fought against those things. Communism emerged as a response to capitalism. So was socialism. It emerged as the way forward. So when we looked at uh, the capitalist system we identified, there is violence, there is dispossession, there is apartheid, there is exploitation, there is inequality, there is patriarchy, there is this and that and that. The way forward must exclude all of these things and the system itself. That is the difference. Yeah, we'll leave it here. But uh, before I even let you go, there's a generation of children that don't even know who Joe Slovo is, right? Uh, 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 And as we reflect, oh, there's a caller also who wants to ask you a question. But uh, before I go to the caller, what should the generation, the young generation that don't even know Slovo, what should they have top of mind as we have this discussion about him? They should have top of mind the achievement of universal emancipation. 
freedom for everyone regardless of their race, their gender, regardless of where they are geographically in the country and in the world. Once they embrace those views, they will understand what Just Law was put for. Yeah. Brian in Cape Town wants to ask you a question, Dr. Mashilo. Good morning, Brian. Yeah. Sorry I made you wait yeah. so long. No, no problem. It's not a question. I just want to make a comment. Look, I want to point out to you, Dr. Hichimas, please read the Time magazine interview with Joe Slover in 1990, where he explicitly states to the interviewer that communism is not on the agenda of the SACP. The SACP, in my view, is the guardians of capitalism. They form alliances with the largest capitalist party in the country. They run with the hare, but they hunt with the hound. The Stalinist party... um, uh, as, as never actually, as Trotsky said, they are the grave diggers of the socialist revolution. They are misleading the public. They are they are in cahoots with the capitalists. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, uh, no, if you look at Stalinism throughout the world, in El Salvador, they were backed by the military and backed by the USA imperialism. You look at Chile, they even formed alliances with the, the right wing. Party of Gonzalez with Della. You look at Chile, you look at China, Hungary, Spain, all over the world. These colonists are okay. extremely deceptive. Okay, Brian. They they, they're misleading the public. Okay, Brian, do you want to listen on the radio to uh, the doctor's response to you? Do you want to respond to Brian, uh, Dr. Mashilo? He said when he started, that was according to him. Remember that the alliance between the SACP and the ANC was criticized for many years. That is the alliance that brought about this democracy and the freedom of expression that Brian is exercising. We congratulate him for exercising his freedom of expression. We advise him that his criticism must be founded on the basis of scientific thought. Okay, I mean, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Mashil, uh, Dr. Mashilo, for making the time uh, to talk to us on these many varied issues uh, regarding uh, Joe Slova. How are you commemorating uh, his passing today as the SACP? We are gathered here at Joslovo burial uh, 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 site, and uh, alliance partners are presenting the messages of support. Dr. Bladin Zimando will in due course be presenting the keynote statement of the SACP. That keynote statement assesses or analyzes the political situation in our country, the broader social context in which our people live, and makes proposals on the way forward from the central committee that we held in December on what we think we can achieve or we should do this year. Okay. Uh, All the best and thank you for your time, uh, Dr. Mashilo. Uh, Dr. Alex Mashilo is the national spokesperson for the SACP and helped us reflect on the life of uh, Joe Slovo.